Midwife podcast. This is the season of book reviews and today I'm going to be talking about the book Childbirth Without Fear which was written by an obstetrician called Grantley Dick Reed way back in 1933. Now you may think that any book that was written in 1933 is completely outdated but actually the opposite is true. He was born in 1890 and he dedicated his life to promoting natural childbirth. You may have heard of another obstetrician, Michelle O'Dant, who has also been very instrumental in the changes and in promoting natural childbirth. And he wrote the foreword to this book and he says something really, really relevant. He says, had lessons been learned from Grantly Dick Reed, the epidemic of malpractice suits and the consequences might have been prevented. More people would have anticipated that to sue practitioners involved in childbirth could create an atmosphere of fear in the birthing place. In fact, the main effect of this altered atmosphere has been to make birth more difficult, therefore more dangerous, and to induce the shift towards defensive medicine. And that is still as true today as it was when this book was last published. And we are living in an epidemic of highly medicalized childbirth, of a lot of malpractice suits, and of a risk-averse environment. And if that is something that is relevant to you, if that is the system that you find is available to you and that you may be giving birth in, then I highly recommend reading this book because you will understand the implications of that system on your natural birthing mechanism, on the physiology of birth. And Grantly Dick Reed was the, 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 the person who introduced us to the concept of the fear, tension, pain cycle. And you will understand the effect of that on your ability to birth. If you have a scientific and inquiring mind, you will definitely enjoy this book. The style of writing is fairly old-fashioned, and he does go into a lot of detail, but it's well worth going through that to get a really deep understanding of the physiology of pain, and specifically of understanding the implications of that fear, tension, pain cycle. As I said before, this was a concept that he was the first one to talk about and it was based on a woman in Whitechapel who he talks about in chapter three of the book because what happened was that he was going to her tend her birth through mud and rain on his bicycle I mean he even had to provide his own serpent towel but when he talks about the story he says that in spite of the setting which even 30 years ago was a disgrace to any civilized country I soon became conscious of a quiet kindliness in the atmosphere and in due course, the baby was born. There was no fuss or noise. Everything seemed to have been carried out according to an ordered plan. There was only one slight dissension. He tried to persuade his patient to let him put the mask over her face to give her some chloroform when the head appeared. And she resented the suggestion and kindly refused to take this help, which completely confounded him and confused him because never had a woman refused the, the chloroform before. And for weeks and months afterwards, he wondered about this. And um, when, before he left, he asked her, he said, you know, why did you not want to use the chloroform? And she looked at him and said, it didn't hurt. It wasn't meant to, was it, doctor? It was this statement that kept coming back to him because in his own practice, he had seen so much suffering but every now and again, he saw a woman who appeared calm and neither wished for or wanted any form of anesthetic or help. And it was difficult for him to understand or to explain why one should suffer so much and another be apparently free from pain. And his mind was influenced by these observations to investigate the part 
played by emotions in the natural functions of reproduction or birth. And as I said, you know, the wording he uses is very old-fashioned and very scientific. But the big question that was posed through attending the birth of this lady in Whitechapel was, was the nature of labor responsible for the emotional state of the woman? Or was the emotional state of the woman to a large extent responsible for the nature of the labor? Which was primary and which was secondary? And this is a really important question to ask and really opens us up to understanding the implications of our mind and emotional state on the way that we experience birth. And many studies have been done on this and I even speak about it in one of my previous podcasts where I talk about the confirmation bias, which is essentially the bias that we have if we expect something to be a certain way, if we believe something to be a certain way, we will seek out information to confirm that belief and actually ignore any information that dispels what it is that we believe. And when we get the, the result that we think, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So in other words, if you have a belief that childbirth is dangerous and incredibly painful, you're going to seek out information to confirm that belief. You will not necessarily listen to and you will ignore any information or any guidance that you hear to the contrary. And you will go into your birth convinced that childbirth is painful and dangerous. And when it is painful, because you are now in that, that cycle and that expectation of pain, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it is this kind of, of um, information that is explored in the book. And it was all because of what he encountered at that birth in Whitechapel. And as I said before, he was very um, ridiculed by his colleagues because when he brought this up to them, they had a very sort of straightforward answer. And they said, well, if that is the case, then why does it hurt? And this book is a record of his adventures and discoveries that he made over the years in the uncharted at that stage waters of understanding and examining childbirth. It doesn't just explain the cause of pain, but also demonstrates the evil causes that to some extent can be removed and that influence the pain and the way that it is experienced. The successful application of his theory is really only possible in normal and uncomplicated birth. And of course, you don't know if your birth is going to be normal and uncomplicated. But in understanding that more than 80% of births are normal and uncomplicated when left undisturbed. In fact, in his book, he says 96% of all labors are normal unless made abnormal by attendant circumstances and interference. He also introduces an idea that initially I found quite surprising in how economics of countries affects the way that women give birth, politics and even religion. He talks about how superstition, civilization and culture have brought influences to bear upon the minds of women, which essentially have introduced justifiable fears and anxieties concerning labor and birth. The more cultured the races of the earth have become, so much the more positive have they been in pronouncing birth to be painful and dangerous ordeal. Fear, tension and pain are three evils opposed to the natural design which have been introduced in the course of civilization by the ignorance of those who have been concerned with the preparation and attendance at birth. If fear, tension and pain go hand in hand, then it must be necessary to relieve tension and to overcome fear in order to eliminate pain. The implementation of this theory demonstrates the methods by which fear may be overcome 
Tension may be eliminated and replaced by physical and mental relaxation. And in 1942, when this book was first published, letters from mothers describing their labours were recorded as evidence of the absence of unbearable discomfort in natural birth. And we know now that it is absolutely possible to achieve this, but only if we are able to stay out of that fear, tension, pain cycle. There are at least three chapters dedicated to the understanding of fear, to the exploration of fear, where it comes from, how it manifests and how to work with fear during pregnancy and labor, including just understanding the physiology of pregnancy. It even goes as far back as conception, as well as the importance of the people who are in attendance at your birth and how their fear can be contagious. I have to say that the work of Grantley Dick Reed has influenced my own practice tremendously because I was also taught that labor was inherently painful and dangerous and that a large part of my job was to ease that suffering. I have since learned to replace suffering with intensity and thanks to books like Childbirth Without Fear, I have unlearned this really outdated and harmful belief and now my only objective when I'm with a woman during labor is to establish and maintain a natural rhythm within a calm and comforting environment where trust and respect are the main ingredients. It is a very comprehensive book and it is not laid out in a way that makes it easy to dip into and out of. But if you're one of those ladies who wants to devour anything and everything pregnancy related, then don't let this one get away from you because it will really change the way that you understand your birthing body and ultimately the way that you are able to give birth. It's a fascinating insight into normal birth and it was written at a time when endorphins were not even known about, modern midwifery didn't exist and yet women had already learned to fear labor. Next week I'm going to be reviewing the book The Mama Bamba Way written by midwife Robin Sheldon. Now, a bit of a disclaimer, Robin is a very good friend of mine, so it's going to be difficult for me not to be biased. However, if I'm reviewing it, it means it's on my bookshelf and it's my top 10. It's one of the books that has shaped my philosophy around birth and the way that I teach and support women during pregnancy. And I'm really looking forward to reviewing that and sharing that with you in next week's podcast. Please feel free to share it with any friends that you have who are pregnant or even planning on being pregnant. Right now, I am virtually supporting pregnant couples in seven countries around the world from my home in South Africa. I don't replace your visits with your OBGYN or even your midwife. I just make sure that they count because you know what questions to ask. I don't physically perform the tests and scans, but I make sure that you get them on time and you know what to do with the results or if you need any further testing. I don't make you wait until you're 28 weeks to attend a birth class because every call that we have is an opportunity for learning and preparing and we start early. I'm here throughout your pregnancy and usually for the first six weeks after you've had your baby. I guide you to find the best resources wherever you are to make sure that you don't get lost down that rabbit hole of pregnancy information overload when you could really have exactly what you need delivered directly to you as and when you need it. So I'll see you on my website, thevirtualmidwife.com. Mm-hmm.